Who am I? My brother-in-law years ago had lower back pain. I myself, as a young man, had lower back pain. It was not an operable condition. But through developing a philosophy of life and learning to train and parent my own mind, I not only freed myself of the pain, uh, but I began to uh, experience loving, nurturing, creative, rewarding relationships that I never had before. So the question is, who am I? From where have I come? Why am I here? What is to be done in this moment that is going to bring me the outcome that will be rewarding? Okay, my friend, last time we talked so much about conscious, the conscious, not to be confused with consciousness, which I was, I learned last time. And the feedback we got was the people that wanted to, they wanted to learn about being present and this, this concept around presence and surrender and letting go and just being in the moment. And so many of the clients and, and members that we have in the mental purpose world and our front runner world are so concerned about the future and so worried about the past or involved with the past that there only may, there may be like a 5% chance during a whole day that they are actually in the moment. And as someone who has practiced surrender and being present for a very long time, I know what it's done for my life. And so I want your expertise on that. I don't even know where we start, by the way. I'm not sure where to start on that one. Well, let's start with the law of karma. Okay. The law of karma states that thoughts lead to actions, whether they're physical actions or verbal actions or even mental actions. Thoughts lead to actions, and actions always lead to consequences. So it begs the question for me, what is the consequence, Leonard, that you want to experience as the outcome of every single relationship that you are in? Hmm. And that's... Uh, that means everything because all of life is relationship. I could have a relationship with a thought, a desire, an emotion, a human being, an animal, a plant, uh, some, something that I uh, read, something that I saw on the internet. But every time we have a relationship, it requires what? It requires us to act in some way. And that action, whatever it is, no judgment right now, whatever that action, it's going to have a consequence that is going to lead us in one direction or another. Hmm. So I ask myself, what, what, is, what direction do I want to go in? What is my goal of life? What's the end game here? And on some level, it's happiness, it's security, it's health. It's loving, nurturing, creative relationships. Mm -hmm. Purpose. As well as having rewarding relationships. So how do I get to point A to point B from point A? That's my question. How do I get all of these actions to lead me toward the goal that I deeply desire? Are you saying, and, so go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I just want to get something clear. I, I feel like there's been a negative, consul, uh, a negative connotation to the word consequence. You're, you're, not, you're saying consequence as the result of an action, not a negative connotation. It's just the result of any action. Yeah. Well, if somebody has a negative uh, definition of consequence, then that's a uh, superimposition Sure. Uh, of of some concept that they have in their mind that uh, is disallowing uh, this this aspect of vocabulary and and language uh, 
to translate into something that's meaningful. It's just the outcome, whatever, yeah. whatever the outcome is. But there's an outcome. Something happens. Yeah. Uh, nothing. You, you cannot take an action without something happening. You know, Fair. Newton knew that. And that's why yeah. he came up with uh, this whole idea of the, the third law of uh, motion. For every action, there's an equal reaction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's probably so my programming that's... It's my programming, I'm sure, from my parents, or especially that's my right. mom, I think. Just um, anytime there was something that was a negative perception, it was always, what's your consequence going to be? And so, bing, 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 bing. That's right. So, and we all have that. You can't take it personally. No. You know, no. you really, you do, you have to be amused by the mind. Yeah. Because we all pick up these concepts from mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or uh, our third grade teacher or friends we went to grade school or high school or college with or the culture or celebrities, you see. We all have these and, and they limit our creative capacity, not only to communicate, but to act in, skillfully in the world to get closer and closer to our goal. Yeah. The point is, Thoughts lead to action, and action always brings about a result that can either lead us closer to or farther away from experiencing and fulfilling our deepest driving desire, hmm. perhaps for happiness or security or good health, rewards from loving, nurturing, creative relationships. It's very interesting. So... When I am in that situation, I know that it's critically important that I act skillfully because I know I am the architect of my own life. Mm -hmm. Because the life I am living now is the outcome of all of my th thoughts and actions in the past. But as you stated uh, in, in your setup, so many people are not in the present moment. And that's true. The mind is addicted to going out into the world because we've been trained. We've been trained and we've been hypnotized into believing that our happiness and our reward lies outside of us in this magnificent world in which we find ourselves. So we're constantly going out into the world. And what does that mean? It means out into the past of memory, mm -hmm. some pleasant, some not so pleasant. Or if we're not, if the mind is not in the past, then it's in the future, yeah. which is what? It represents our imagination all these hypothetical what-if situations that I come up with. What if this should happen? What if that should happen? What if neither happens? Mm -hmm. So I am dissipating a tremendous amount of my creative energy running after rainbows somewhere in hopes that at the bottom of the rainbow is going to be a pot of gold. Never happens, never happens. It's like the flashing neon sign at the local bar and grill that says free beer, free beer, free beer. But when you walk in, you see a little scrawled handwritten note that says tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, we got yeah. free beer, but it's always served tomorrow. <laughs> it's, so it's or, never or, fulfilling. Are people just in constant torture? Because, I mean, look, I talk to thousands of people a year just like you do. And one of the biggest things that I notice or patterns that I see is that people are, it's like a pinball machine, bing, 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 back and forth from the past to the future. And they're living in this anxiety, depression cycle and kind of like you said, going to the outside, they're going to the prescription drug or the substance world to calm those 
thoughts and energies inside their body and feelings and pain that's coming up. And it's, uh, it's just a, it's now a numbing cycle. And then I think about how tortured people actually are self-imposed. Like we have the traumas, we have the stuff from our past. Why are people so okay with, with being self-tortured, knowing that there's probably a way out. They just may not know the way out. Like, why are they okay with staying in that cycle? Is it comfortable? Is it more comfortable than not being in the cycle? To be honest with you, Ian, everything is centers around one question and one question alone. Hmm. And that question is, who am I? Who am I? My brother-in-law years ago had lower back pain. I myself, as a young man, had lower back pain. It was not an operable condition. But through developing a philosophy of life and learning to train and parent my own mind, I not only freed myself of the pain, uh, but I began to... Uh, experience loving, nurturing, creative, rewarding relationships that I never had before. Hmm. So the question is, who am I? From where have I come? Why am I here? What is to be done in this moment that is going to bring me the outcome that will be rewarding? Mm -hmm. And so nobody has taught us how to fashion a philosophy of life. If we wanted to start a business, we would naturally come up and conceive of and write a business plan. Sure. Well, we need a business plan, but nobody has taught us a business plan. Consequently, we have all this software which has very narrow perspectives that we have, as we just talked about, that we have picked up from our relatives or uh, relationships, and it's in my mind, and it's dictating my thoughts, my words, and my actions, and the outcomes of those. Mm -hmm. And it's leading me to pain. Well, pain's not so bad. Pain's not so bad. In fact, pain is a wonderful, wonderful teacher. It's... Uh, the outstretched hand of the supreme intelligence tapping us on the shoulder and saying, Leonard, time for a mid-course correction. Too much inner conflict. There's conflict, Leonard, in your mind between the actions that you take, the words that you speak, the thoughts that you think, and your own inner wisdom, and your own inner wisdom. And so we're so reliant on what's outside that we even accept the fact, which is wrong, we've been hypnotized into believing that the answers lie outside. The experts are outside of us. No, 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 no. The truth is that which we are seeking is inside us. And so we need a philosophy of life that teaches us to go within to seek within, to find the truth within, and then take that truth that is within and turn that into our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. And if there is no conflict between the two, between our thoughts, words, and deeds, and our own inner wisdom, it's impossible for there to be conflict outside or inside. Hmm. And that's what people are looking for. What but about we're the not people? balanced. We are anything but balanced. We're sure. addicted to finding everything outside on the chessboard. But the, the key to winning the game on the chessboard does not lie on the chessboard. It lies in the mind of the chess master. Hmm. So our, our role 
is to bring yesterday and tomorrow into today and bring today into now. Now, at this auspicious moment, what's to be done and what's not to be done? What's to be said and what's not to be said? What's to be thought and what's not to be thought? So that the outcome of these cumulative actions will lead me to fulfill the purpose of my life without pain, without misery, without bondage. It's interesting because there's so many people that will, when I talk about presence or talk about surrender or meditation or letting go or anything like that with people, the concept seems too easy to comprehend, almost like, like there has to be more pain, more suffering, more uh, energy, more you know, ex uh, uh, output to make it that peaceful and easy. Something has to be, the levels have to be shifted here. And Well, then that begs the question right away, Ian, which function of my mind is generating that thought? Which function of my mind has sure. authored that conclusion? Yeah, that was my next you question see. is, where is that coming from? Is that the programming from the advertising world that we're constantly looking for the next thing and constantly being distracted? Or is that... I no, mean, it's part, it's, it's, it's my ego, you see, and the senses and the unconscious mind that take their ad, that advertising and filter it through pre-existing concepts. Got it. We see what we know. Our perceptions are skewed by our conceptions. We don't react to the world. We react to what we think about the world. So we're constantly projecting our mind. And so we stay, you know, in, in, that, uh, in that soup of, of depression. It's not necessary. Yeah. It's not necessary. So it is, it's self-imposed torture if you think about it. That's right. That's right. It's torture people... and, and bondage. Bondage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about people that like, let's go back to the, oh, actually, you know what? I want to go way back for a second. You're, you're, somebody's going to write me and say, why didn't you ask him how he cleared his back issues? What, what was the genesis of that? What was the depth of that? So I, I want to go back. I, I know this audience so well, and I'm curious too, you, like so many people have back issues in America. Let's just take America. We can't glaze over that. What was that process that you went through? to remove that and what, what did you discover that was the cause of it, the root of it? So somebody, somebody might get free today. Well, the bottom line uh, uh, cause of it was, was fear. Hmm. And that's, that's all about ego because the ego is tethered to the reptilian brain, which is 100% uh, invested in self-preservation and the fear of annihilation. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, even though I have a body, mind, sense complex, that was born and will die, I was never born. Hmm. I will never die. So it comes down to that question, who am I? And people are taught hypnotized into believing that they are the body and they are the mind. And that objects and relationships in the material world have some power to make them happy or eliminate their pain. None of that is true. What do you and say yet, to someone? Yeah, go ahead, sorry. And yet, it's, it's, a, it's a fabrication. It's the non-truth that people accept. And they, they speak it as the truth, just like we speak it in terms of the sun rising in the east and setting in the west. Mm -hmm. Sun doesn't rise in the east. Sun never sets in the west. No, we all know that because the sun never rises and the sun never sets. It's an optical delusion. 
But we say it rises in the east and we say it sets in the west. It's very true. And thinking yes. makes it so. Thinking makes it so, right? <laughs> but what do you... Here's the thing that I, I, I'm very curious about and I'd like to get your take on it. Um, I might lose some of the audience here, which I'm okay with. So these, the majority that we're talking about, distracted, tortured, bondage, that type of life that people choose to live. Let's be honest. There's, it's all choice here. When it comes, like, I want to go deep here. When it comes to the, the plan you have on this planet, not your plan, the plan for you, the soul's plan almost, or the soul's plan. Are, are those people able to fulfill their work here? Or are they letting the external get so much of them that they, they can't do what they're supposed to do here? They're so distracted. Uh, the ancient Upanishads from the Indian tradition summarizes it this way. You are your deepest driving desire. As your deepest driving desire is, so is your will. As your will is, so is your deed. As your deed is, so becomes your destiny. So what is your desire? What are you looking for? What do you want? And so when I mentioned that I had lower back pain as a young man and my brother-in-law did, I offered him some of the teaching that I was practicing and his response was, if I didn't have the pain in my back, how would I know who I was? Hmm. He identified with his pain. Interesting. That is me, he said to himself. 24-7. And it turns out that he was right. Because he thought it. So it's identifying with the pain and creating an identity out of it. There's That's so right. many people that are overweight, have a bum knee, have a bad back. And that becomes their, it's an excuse, right? I mean, let's let just call it. It's that's a me. reason for, that's me. It's a, yeah, that's me. Uh, hey, I would do that. I got the bad back. I'd love to go. I've got the bad Remember? And then every time I go to a party, hey, how's the back? So now I have something to talk about. And if I lose that, and a lot of people have this with their job too and, and their career. And a lot of the guys that come to us are tired of living in this external identity. They're tired of living as the attorney or as the CPA or as the real estate agent who has a wife and three kids and two houses, one at the beach and one in, you know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And they come to us and they say, um, and this is the deep level work that we do. I really don't know who I am. Like if all that stuff went away, I'd be lost. And I'm really afraid of that. If my wife and my kids and my house and my job went away, I'm not sure I'd be able to survive living here because I don't know what I'm about here. What do I even like? I don't want to go out with those friends anymore and I don't want to go to T-ball anymore and I don't want to drive that boat or that car or go to that office anymore yet. I feel like I'm trapped and I don't know how to get out. That's all so, what you're talking every about. Every fear, every fear must be examined. Yeah. You know, President Roosevelt was right back in the 30s. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And fear always takes one of two forms, always takes one of two forms. Either I'm afraid I might not get what I want or I'm afraid I might lose what I have. Mm -hmm. But the truth is there's really nothing to fear. Mm -hmm. If you know who you are. But if you identify with that which is subject to change, death, decay, and decomposition, and you think that that is me, then when the body or the mind gets exhausted or begins to wear out and you identify with it, you're going to experience fear and anger. Are we talking about like getting older? That's right. Yeah. That's right. 
So I'm 39, and for about a year, last year, basically 2021, I had never had this before, and it hit me hard. This, I'm getting old. I mean, look, I, I, I'm in great shape. I'm 30. Who cares? I'm 39. I'm a young guy. Yet, my mind started saying, well, you know, 10 years ago, that was, that, you'd think that was a long time ago, but it went fast. And 10 and years from now, you're going to be 50. And then 10 years after that, 60. Then 70. And I started getting scared. I started getting nervous about the time I was spending on certain things in my life. And we picked up and moved to California. Like we, we really wanted to make sure that we weren't wasting time. Yet not focused on not wasting time. Focused on being in what we wanted to do in that time. You know, be very conscious of that. I just, I, I'm always curious as to how much mind share and how much of people's lives get taken up by things that just aren't them. That are, that are this, 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 and this. And actually the, the, I deal with a lot of people out here, multicultural town, LA, and a lot of people blame their culture for a lot of their challenges. And I, my, I know, I know what you're going to say. If somebody offers you poison, are you <laughs> obligated to accept it? You know, there's plenty that is that is wonderful about the culture. Sure. And there are some things that uh, are not so good. But if I believe that I'm the mind and I believe that I'm the body, then what am I? Then I resort back to that basic animal instinct. Mm -hmm. And what does that say? Oh, herd instinct. Tuck yeah. yourself into the herd right? For security and success in the world. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be on the peripheral of, uh, of areas of, of the herd because we've seen too many of those National Geographic movies <laughs> where those uh, young zebra colts uh, that have a bum leg, then they're on the periphery of uh, the herd. They're the first to get devoured. Right. Right. That's why I'm looking. That's why I begin to look for uh, some strong voice, some some stallion to tell me, oh, tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. So I'll be happy. And as you say, the whole advertising industry is designed to tell us, right. you drive this car, you get this car and you're going to be as happy. You're going to be smiling just like this, this person that, that you see in this right. commercial. Right. <laughs> Or you'll get the girl or the guy, or you'll have the job, or yeah, That's or you'll right. get the seat at the restaurant. Yeah, the programming's deep. It's really deep. Oh, yes. Yes. That's right. But the question is not about these people that you're talking about, you see. It's all about you. Sure. You're the only one that you have control over. Right. You're the only one that can uh, make a difference in your life. And if you don't have a philosophy of life that teaches you that you need to coordinate the four functions of the mind so that the conscience can reflect superconscious wisdom from the center of consciousness, from this intuitive library of wisdom that is at our core, then the actions that we take are going to be based exclusively on our ego's limited limita uh, perspective, the senses' limited perspective, the unconscious mind's limited perspective, and we're gonna be in a lot of pain. And we now are in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's an opportunity. Everything is a stepping stone. It doesn't have to remain a stumbling block. Thomas Edison, one of my most important teachers, taught me that he never had a failure in his whole life. Mm -hmm. Really? That's right, he said. Never had a failure. Because every time it didn't work out, he learned something about what not to do, what would not work. And just like the GPS instrumentation that gets us to point B from point A, if we override those instructions, and take the wrong turn, what does GPS say to us? Recalculating. Right, right. 
But we don't recalculate. We just keep on doing what we've been doing. Yeah. Expecting different results. Yeah, insanity. Is that herd mentality? Um, that's inherent, right? That's 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 animal no, brain. That's, that's yeah, animal prehistoric brain. So, is it? Uh, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. We were talking about in, in our our mastermind on Wednesday. Somebody said, "I really want to quit my job. I'm just so afraid of failing." And I said, "I don't think it's the fail that you're afraid of." And she said, "Really? Well, what do you think it is?" And I said, "Well." Are you really afraid of heights or are you really afraid of a fall or are you afraid of hitting the ground? And she said, well, I guess I'm afraid of hitting the ground. I said, right. So it's not failure that you're afraid of. It's what's on the other side of failure. What, what happens after you fail and the guillotine goes down? What gets cut off? Is a relationship lost? Do your parents hate you and never, you know, bring you back into dinner? Does your brother who's an entrepreneur judge you? Whatever. Your friends don't, you know, not talk to you or call you a loser. And so it's just interesting because in that case, what the hit was versus the fall was the same thing we're talking about. Outcast. I, I don't think that I'd be accepted in my circles. I think my culture would reject me because they're all entrepreneurs. I think my, this would happen. I think this would happen. And it all came down to the herd mentality to where when you're running in the middle, you're okay. You're not going to die. You might not be getting any love or attention. You just, you're not going to die. And if I fail and cause a scene, let's say, they're going to push me to the outside and a lion's going to grab me. It's literally what you're saying, right? That's what, what fear if of I, what if I, what if I told you and your audience that there were women and men just like us who were dissatisfied thousands and thousands of years ago and they came up with a template. And the more that you use this template that is now an essential part of the lineage from which I teach, if you use this template for the choices that you make, you will never fall you will never hit the ground. You will never hurt yourself, but rather you will thrive. So when I first heard that, I fell in love with the teaching and I began practicing. But I was an entrepreneur. I still am. Since 1977, I've been an art dealer. That's how I support myself. I support myself by selling paintings. Mm -hmm. And so, I went to a teacher and I said to the teacher, I have fallen in love with this philosophy and this science of yoga and I'm practicing, but you see, I think that this philosophy is more designed for people who are working for the government <laughs> where they have a, a weekly paycheck coming in, health insurance, retirement plan, all set for them. Yeah. I said to this teacher, I am self-employed. I have to deal a tr with a tremendous amount of fear. Do you have any advice for me? And his advice was prophetic, and I knew it right away. He said, you consider yourself self-employed, but I am employed by the self. Oh, oh, right away the light went off. In other words, I could become an employee, an instrument of my own higher self that's reflected 24-7 by my conscience. And the more that I can conform the thoughts that I think, the words that I speak, and the actions that I take, or let me say, that are taken through me. Yeah. Because I am not the doer. Everything I need comes to me and has come to me since 1977. Just like a hot knife through butter. It just comes to support. Because the supreme intelligence 
needs vehicles to serve the truth that is within each of us, but it has to be served into the world. We have to turn that inner truth into our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. If we do that, that ascending force of human effort will definitely bring about the descending force of grace and bring me everything, everything I need. Not necessarily everything the I wants, but everything that we need. And I've been experimenting with that since 1977. So I'm taking that in right now. Because that is, that and is, that, yeah. and that evaporated the pain in my lower back, where I stored my fear. Interesting. Yeah, I'm. T- I'm just taking that in because it's it's something that is is very clear to me over the last couple months. It's just it's very. Um, well, let me ask you this. I understand that now, like even from the last time I talked to you, I thought I understood it. I really understand that today and I'm really excited that I do because <laughs> of the work that I've been doing. And I really want the audience to understand that extremely well. What you just said was prophetic. Like you, you, what you just said was we literally could release that three minute clip and it'd be a very powerful episode. Um, and I want the audience to know what you just said is, is some of the most powerful stuff I've, I've ever heard especially having to do with the context of entrepreneurship. And I find that the fear of the money, the fear of the, will this come, will that come? You had all that, right? You had the, how the hell am I going to do this? When's the next dollar coming in? I got to go hustle over here, hustle over here. and, and, And one of the times that it's most intense was when I sell a substantial painting. Sure. And right away... As soon as I sell it and the, and, and the pleasure and the reward of selling it and getting the money to pay the bills, the, as soon as that subsides, out came the fear. Yeah. How am I ever going to do that again? Fair, fair. Right, <laughs> right. What, well, does it... <clears throat> I have so many questions. I've, I've got to organize these in my head. Do, what, what was the catalyst? What was the help there? Obviously, there, we're talking about the internal piece there. I feel like when people understand their trust of themselves, they understand the universal equation, they understand surrender and presence, that they don't have to worry because it, they just trust that it'll be delivered. I also feel like... Now, now, let, let, let me, uh, let me uh, edit that. Yeah. Because... At that moment, it's not that they will live without fear. It's not that I live without fear. Sure. You see, because I still have a lot of fear stored in my unconscious mind. Oh, fair. Okay. But now, now I no longer see it as an obstacle. I see it as a stepping stone. Because I know more today about fear than I ever did before. And I know essentially fear is what? Energy. It's contractive and it's debilitating and it's often poisonous energy. And gosh, what did we learn in the fourth or fifth grade? Oh, we learned that energy can't be created nor destroyed, but it can be transformed. And we did a little experiment, right? And... uh, what was the experiment? Oh, we started with ice cubes and we heated the ice cubes and transformed it into water. And we heated the water and that was transformed into gas and steam. Yeah. So now I had a dance with fear so that fear does no longer hijack me, but rather fear itself and that energy becomes fulfilled in this world because I have sacrificed it back to the origin from which it came, which facilitates the transformation of that energy, just like crude oil can be transformed into gasoline. 
I think that's the other piece that I could have isolated and made <laughs> and made a whole episode in two minutes. Okay. Well, let's just sit with that. I don't even have a question. <laughs> I, I have a lot. Let's just sit with that. Let's let the audience sit with that too. Does a, does a person need to understand their purpose here in order to have that no, type of freedom? No, no, At a certain point in space and time, you begin to recognize that relationships come for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Got it. And in the process of relationships, you always have your pruners in hand to prune certain kinds of relationships that are unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And the more that you do that at a certain point, a constellation of relationships begins to exist that is based on a balance of your inner wisdom and your outer action. Attending to and serving those relationships, that constellation of relationships that exists at that moment, that becomes my purpose. My purpose hmm. appears to me. I don't have to look for it and try to apply it. It automatically appears. That purpose is known in Sanskrit as Dharma, that which upholds the fabric and the integrity of not only the individual, but the entire organism. I feel like I want you to explain that again. I, I really want you to go just a little deeper into that, go, go through that a little bit more. That, that, is, uh, um, that, is, that is so, so different than so much is being taught. Maybe even, maybe even some of what I'm teaching, like to, to, to here's what I'm teaching. We're clearing out so much of that reptilian program, that automatic, that distraction, that peace, that bondage. That it's How do we revealing. clear it out? How do we clear it out? What does that mean, clear it out? Well, by illuminating it and understanding what it's caused by, where it came from, it's genesis. Not good enough. Not, not, not good enough. enough? Okay. No, no, Yeah. no. How do we no. get deeper with that? How do we make it good enough? We have to unencumber ourselves of it. We have to oh, give it yeah. back to the origin from which it came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and have that... to sacrifice it. We have yeah. to sacrifice it in real time. When that unconscious force through relationships comes forward into our conscious mind, only then can we sacrifice it back to the origin from which it came so that it can be repurposed, transformed into healing energy, willpower, and creativity. I'm talking about fear. I'm talking about anger. I'm talking about greed. They're not bad. They're forms of energy. They can yeah. be transformed through the sacrifice that we make in the conscious moment now. That is the importance of being present in every moment. To turn something that was a major stumbling block in our life into a stepping stone. When you From say enemy to ally. When you say the sacrifice we make in the present moment, is that our choice? Better be. Otherwise, okay. it, it doesn't no, I'm get saying, transformed. Is it, is it the choice we make? It's not like, is it our choice? Is it the choice we make? Is that the sacrifice we make in the present moment? Yes, the choice okay, that okay. I make to sacrifice something Got it. that is conflicting with my own inner wisdom. So it's, it's how to transform the energy of the past by the sacrifice we make in the present moment or the energy of the past is, is transformed by the sacrifice we make in the present moment. If, well, but we, you have to qualify that because sure. everything from the past doesn't need uh, to be sacrificed. Totally, totally. 
Some of it is usable right now in this moment, in this relationship for my highest and greatest good. How do I know the difference? Only the conscience can tell us for sure 24-7 what's to be done and what's not to be done, what's to be thought, what's not to be thought, what's to be said and what's not to be said. Okay. So it's not how to find your purpose. It's how to manifest your purpose by clearing stuff out of the way. And you don't even have to uh, uh, manifest it. It'll just, it'll just, just happen. there. Yeah, it's just there. Right. Jeez. So, you know, it's, it's not about attachment to an outcome. It's simply being in service. Hmm. The humble act of being in service to the highest truth that is within me, that is me, having this human experience now. When you say, who am I? Like in the beginning of this recording, could you say I am of service? Is that, that's a, that's a, that's such a big thing that people will go their entire life. Generations will go without understanding who am I? Does who am I only come from the inside? Is it something you can outwardly express? What is who am I? It's so it's so there's grand. no expression there's no okay. expression that adequately defines it although the split human mind wants to concretize it that's why in 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 the ancient hebrew tradition in the torah you never spoke the name of god because to concretize it would limit it so you don't deify the teapot you drink the tea. <laughs> but you test it. You're a scientist. You're a doubting Thomas. So you test it. You base your outer actions on your inner wisdom. And you stand back and as the objective analyst and you ask yourself, hey, Leonard, how do you feel physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually since you gave up that fear <laughs> rather than serve it and cause... Uh, this hormonal soup of adrenaline to poison your entire physiology. How do you feel? Oh, I said, I feel better. Okay. Well, here's another relationship then. It, it's like a tennis match. Yeah. Volley. Right. Interesting. Do you think we could do a whole episode on the who am I piece? Well... How long have you got? How long is that? No, I'm saying a whole nother episode. Like, I, I really, I really enjoy. I mean, maybe it's how selfish. Long is it, an know, hour. This, this keep, would take a bit. It would take a lot longer than an hour. <laughs> an hour to, uh, and yet, and yet, the best teaching is done in silence. Sure. Well, in our modern world, people want to hear. They want to hear some Well, but you wisdom. see, that's all hearsay, but it's all hearsay, you see. I know. It's not good enough. That's not good enough. But if it motivates people to do experiments with their own stuff, then yeah. I would support that. Well, that's what I'm saying. They, they want to hear it. They want to understand. They want to cast their own theories based on some information. So that's why we're here. I think it'd be awesome to dig and dig and dig and just unearth these concepts that are so foreign to most people, yet the way you explain them is... I have a course. It's called the Foundation Course. <laughs> right, It right. gives people all these skills yeah. and, it, and, and explains everything in deep detail. Where do people go to find that? AMI? That's right. Okay. AmericanMeditation.org. AmericanMeditation.org. You'll, you'll see a big announcement about the Foundation Course. I have another one coming up uh, fairly soon. Every six weeks we have them. But that's what it is. It's, it's people need that so that they can see the landscape. They can understand it. Then they can begin to experiment with these skills. I have a, an automobile mechanic who knows nothing about yoga science, but yet he speaks like a yogi. He said to me something that I knew was very profound one day in, in his shop. He said, 
when you have the right tool, every job is easy. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That's fair. So we give people 36 skills, 36 tools that are applicable in every relationship that require action that bring about an outcome. Yeah. That is guaranteed to lead you for your highest and greatest good. But don't believe me. Test it. Yeah, yeah. So I want to go. <laughs> we got to wrap up soon. I, I want to go back to this. Who am I? Is there an answer to that? I mean, there is an answer. But as I say, it's very limited. Sure. The, the uh, Reader's Digest answer is yeah. the I. Well, first of all, we arrive at knowing who we are by examining the relative truth of who I thought I was. What does that mean? If I consider myself tall or short or heavy or thin or happy or sad or angry or forgiving, etc., etc., all those things are relative truths. Mm -hmm. So am I the happy person or am I the sad person? Am I the fearful person or am I the fearless person? Am I the tall person or am I the short person? Mm-hmm. And so we identify the relative truth, these concepts, these relative concepts that are subject to change about me, how I previously defined me, and I eliminate it. And at a certain point, I realize I have a body, but I am not the body. I have a mind, but I am not the mind. I have relationships with the body. I have relationships with the mind, with my thoughts, desires, emotions, concepts. I have to act with them, but I am not them. And yet we identify with them, don't we? You know, if somebody cuts me off in traffic, I start screaming to the person who's seated, seated beside me in the car and, and I say, I'm angry. Well, well, Leonard, it's impossible for you to be an emotion yeah. But Leonard's mind is attached to the anger, identifying with it. Mm -hmm. Just like my brother-in-law was attached to the pain in his back. You have a relationship with anger. You have a relationship with fear. You have a relationship with greed or self-will desire. But you are not them. Mm-hmm. So again, that it begs the question, clear. it keeps on coming back. So then who are you? So then who are you? So then who are you? And the Reader's Digest version is three characteristics. In Sanskrit, the first is called Sat, S-A-T. It means you are an eternal being. You were never born. You will never die. Self-existent, not dependent on anything else for its existence. That's not true with this pen that I'm holding here. This pen has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But as far as I am concerned, this me, I was never born and I will never die. I am an eternal being, not dependent on anything else. Second characteristic, chit, C-H-I-T, is consciousness, awareness, the background of all reality. And within that consciousness resides an intuitive library of wisdom that can tell us 24-7 the thought to think, the word to speak, and the action to take if we can get into that library, yeah. which we can through part of our hardware, part of the hardware that is subject to change, death, decay, and decomposition has the ability to reflect that superconscious wisdom from that intuitive library of superconscious wisdom that is within us, that is part of consciousness. And the third characteristic is ananda, bliss and fullness. Ananda, A-N-A-N-D-A. Ananda, bliss and fullness. 
It is the nature of consciousness to be blissful, full, not lacking. So who am I? Sat, chit, anand, eternal, consciousness, wisdom, bliss, and fullness, having a human experience in time and space through a mind, body, sense, complex. I am a citizen of two worlds, inner and outer. My work, regardless of what the relationship is, regardless of what the field of action is, 24-7, my work in life, my service in life, is to base my outer actions, thoughts, words, and deeds, on that inner superconscious wisdom reflected by the conscience. Say that one more time. Base so outer I, actions. Excuse me? Say that again. Base your outer actions on... Yes, thought, word, and deed on your own inner wisdom based on the wisdom that is reflected by the conscience. And the more that that occurs, the pain evaporates and I know more and more from where I have come why I am here what's to be done and where I will go when the body is no more hmm. I I'm going to end on that <laughs> there's so many so many questions I have for you and I, I, I this is you, you deliver from the first second such um, such, such like percolated information. Like it's so ground, so fine down and it's so fast that I, you know, th this is, this is a lot of information for people to really just wrap their head around because it's so out of the realm of what they've normally or what they normally are thinking throughout the day or told to think in church or by their parents or by school. I want people to sit with this. I need to sit with this selfishly. <laughs> I think we all need to sit with this. This has no, been don't, a... don't sit too long, you see. No, no, no. No. Because people need a teacher. They need they need the template. People that are interested should take the foundation course and yes. then we can have a conversation so that everybody uh, has the same uh, idea and, and concepts that they work with every day. Yeah. Then we can, uh, we can build a community of people uh, that uh, is in service to the truth 24-7, and that is a powerful, powerful idea. That is. Thank you again for being here. It, it's really a pleasure, I, I, a real pleasure. I'm always excited. For me when... too. I, 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 uh, I love uh, speaking with you. Thank I you. I have in the past, and uh, every time it's... Uh, we we have uh, we have uh, good karma. <laughs> yeah, we do that. We do, and um, and I encourage people to go to AmericanMeditation.org. Look at all the stuff you have. Free meditation on there. Like there's, it, it, I, I've 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 been a part of this since. I don't come as as much as I should. That is a fact. And Sundays at what nine a.m. Nine thirty. to eleven Eastern time. Right. And yeah. then you get a and then you get a recording that you can use during the week. That's right. Okay, my friend. We're gonna we're gonna take action on this one. We're taking action. I'm I am signing up for this because I, I, I'm fascinated by this stuff. I'm just fascinated. I wanna understand the human deeper, the psyche deeper, the the esoteric. I just wanna understand I wanna understand more. It's my intention. So Appreciate you being here, or I'm going to have to book again with you because we have a lot more to talk about. Um, good. good. I love how you brought everything into it's all about relationship because in the mental purpose world, it is all about relationships. And we say self, family, business. You get a lot deeper into that, which is the relationship with literally everything. 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 And I, yeah, I, th this, has been, this has been fantastic. Thank you again for your time. Everybody go to AmericanMeditation.org. 
and see all the cool stuff on there and take advantage of whatever you want. Whatever you choose is your choice. All right, Leonard. Until next time, my friend, we will, um, we will really, (laughs) we're going to, yeah, we're going to process this one. So, um, I got a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. Are we still going? We're still going. Still going. Tape's still going. You want to ask me on the recording? No. Okay. All right. Then let me end this audience. Thank you for listening. I hope you are as enlightened as I feel right now and happy about just the wisdom that was poured out in the last hour. Please go to AmericanMeditation.org. Do your thing there. Find out whatever works for you. And, uh, and we'll catch you on the next one.